So, is that new intro music for the Cheap Beer Podcast? No. No, folks, because what you are hearing is raw. It's unfiltered. It has not been touched by the wormy hands of Dustin Sylvia. We know that he is ripe for misinformation as our little finger expert. Instead, what you are getting tonight is from the underground. That's right. Just a man in charge of a league wanting to provide you, my listeners, an account of what is going down in the Cheap Beer Fantasy Football League podcast. Because... Unlike my other co-hosts, I don't have a life. I am here. I'm ready to go. Both of them are out, unable to record. And it's one of our final weeks. I cannot, in good conscience, let the eight of you who are still determining your path forward uh, without an opportunity to hear from me. So tonight, there will be no editing. There will be no sound effects. There will be no other voices because it is just me. And because it is just me, we needed some new intro music. So good riddance to those two because you are about to embark on the time of your life listening to this new episode of the Cheap Beer Fantasy Football Podcast. Who knows? Maybe I'll put it up on the pod bean and then take it down. Honestly, I might just not tell anyone I'm doing this. Pop it up there and see what happens. And then maybe in a couple days, I'll take it down. You know, you got to make it special. If it's just going to be me, it's got to be special, baby. So, where were we when we last spoke? Well, it has been quite some time since you've heard any audio art. So, quick recap for you. First round of the playoffs. Heavy, heavy favorite, the Bladders, coming in against our favorite European father, Staniel Derns. Look, I'm going to be honest with you, Jose. The crowd was roaring for a Staniel Derns upset. You know, March Madness, where that feisty 12 seed has taken the five seat, uh, high major, down to the wire, and the crowd is turned and is rooting for the underdog. That's Stanielle Derns. That was Stanielle. But it did not matter because this was never even close to an upset. The Bladders won handedly, 160 to 114. And now some of you might have questioned my wisdom of making the Bladders an odds-on favorite to win Jamie Lynn's heart. But I think as proven by the 160, that's right, 160 points scored in week one of the playoffs. He is going to be a tough out. He's got an easy road. Nick Kane, your team doesn't look great. I'm going to be honest with you. 
This is an honest podcast tonight. I don't have to be nice. There's no one else on here to correct me. I think things are setting up nicely for the bladders. But before we get there, how? How did he get through to round two? Lamar Jackson finally showed up. After weeks, weeks of people questioning why Lamar was still in the lineup, questioning if it was a good pick, Lamar turned all of that around in the time that matters most in cheap beer, the playoffs. 36.9 points by Lamar. That is some serious coinage, bruh. Even amidst the trip to the locker room, which who knows what that was about, he was able to put together an outstanding night to lead the team. But that's not all. This team is surrounded by players that are going to consistently and constantly make you pull your hair out if you're the other team. David Montgomery. Guys, he's a beast. He is a beast. These last three weeks have been impeccable by Mr. Montgomery. He has really shone a light into what the bladders can expect moving forward and how can you take him out? 26 points, 27 points, 28 points. Is the semis gonna be where he hits 29? Is he gonna hit 30 in the finals if the bladders make it there? I mean, good Lord, talk about turning it around. Um, Just an all-around impressive performance by David Montgomery, who has scored four touchdowns in the last three weeks and has an insanely easy schedule the rest of the way at Minnesota and at Jacksonville. He is going to put up points. He did so in in the quarters. I look and expect him to do that in the semis as well. Um, Beyond David Montgomery, Nick Chubb is back. I mean, that guy's a stud. There's really nothing else to say about him. Uh, You can easily count on 15 points at minimum from him. I'd be worried about him hitting 20 if I was going against him. And then you've got three wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, uh, Justin Jefferson. Two of those three are going to score 20 points on you. Who knows which of the two it's going to be. Last week it was Keenan and A.J. Justin Jefferson only had nine. And maybe that's that's the rub there, right? Justin Jefferson, little hit or miss. He's going to score 35. He's going to score nine. Keenan Allen has been excellent since Justin Herbert has come in. And A.J. Brown is... If he was on any other team, he would be the focal point. But when you've got Derrick Henry, you don't need any other focal point. So those three guys uh, continue to put up stud-like numbers for the bladders. And if you've got Lamar Jackson scoring 36 points again, good luck. Daniel Dern's not bad in his second playoff appearance. Not great. Uh, Led by Miles Sanders with 33.6. Just wasn't enough. Uh, Tyreek Hill, 28. Mari Cooper, 15. I mean, those are the guys that you expected at the start of the year to carry the team. 
But like everything with Staniel Dearns, and we've talked about this pretty consistently with him, there's just no depth beyond that. Devontae Parker with zero points. Will Lutz with three as a kicker. That's just not not good enough. This is a kicker's league. Uh, Mike Gusecki on the bench with 23. Could have caused some heartburn for Dan, but when you lose by, what is that, 46 points, nothing was going to change. So the bladders move on, and we'll do swan songs at the end for each of the teams that did not make it. It's hard to multitask, so I want to make sure I get the swan song song in. The other matchup, the 4v5, Ronas and Wildfires comes away with a win, 142 to 121. And look, I'm sure all of you are thinking, I'm shocked that Brandon is doing this. I'm shocked that he is here talking to me, that I am listening to him after a defeat in the playoffs. And you're right. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe that T.Y. fucking Hilton was the guy sending me home. But when, when I break down this box score, I can't even be that upset, you know? Like, Aaron Jones had nine points. I was expecting at least 25 from him after he put up 50 on the Detroit Lions last time. Deontay Johnson, my man. I thought he was going to show up against Buffalo. Thought it was going to be a back-and-forth affair. You know, he still has feelings for me, so I appreciate that, Deontay. Hopefully we can sync up again next year. Uh, only eight. So those are two guys I thought would toast me. I thought Kelsey would go off 27. I mean, that whew, that's a lot of points for Travis Kelsey. But he did it the week before. He had 27.6. He had the same amount of points the week before. <laughs> That can't be right. Maybe Sleeper's messed up, but looking at his score, it's the exact same from 13 to 14. Eight catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown. (laughs) So, can't be upset about that. Knew that was coming. Calvin Ridley. I had hoped, you know, I thought I could beat Joel if Ridley was down at 15 or 17. You know, he hadn't scored over 20 points since week five. I was like, all right, hopefully he doesn't go off. I know it's a bad matchup for me because the Chargers are terrible and there'll probably be a lot of points scored, but hopefully Youngway Koo can offset that and maybe, just maybe, uh, Calvin really doesn't go off. I know that was a long shot, but considering he hadn't scored over 20 points since week five, Thought there was a chance. Didn't happen. So coupled with all of that, um, I knew it was going to be tough, and I knew it was going to be even tougher when my man, Backwoods, only scored eight points on Thursday Night Football. It was just a bummer. It was a gut punch at the beginning of the, the, the weekend especially watching that game, and I watched a fair amount of it, he was open a couple of times, and Jared goof, just goofed. Overthrowed, underthrown. It's just, you know, it wasn't even his fault. He he could have easily had 11 or 12, but, you know, that, that still doesn't get me to where I am. Um, I, was, I, I have to admit I was worried that Tannehill, you know, wouldn't put up his normal 20, 
because the Jags were so bad, and that did happen. You know, 16, I needed 21 from Tannehill. Jaguar James let me down a little bit, I'm going to be honest. 12 points, that is not at all. I, I thought, you know, down big to Tennessee, there could be a lot of checkdowns, but I just think with the switching of quarterbacks, he wasn't able to find his groove. Uh, 12 points, low end for him. He had 28 in week 12, 22 in, in week 13. I thought he, you know, in order to win, I needed him to hit 20. When he hit 12, it's not good enough. Wayne Gallman, I mean, I'm kind of surprised Arizona's defense played that well. What are you going to do? Devonta, the big cheese, he showed up, you know. He's a stud. He is going to be a round one pick next year, and, and I'm going to be sad not to have him on my team anymore because uh, he was awesome this year. My man Hawkinson showed up. Curtis Samuel finally came in. I was texting Joel throughout the day, just furious at how little looks Curtis Samuel, but he ended up with 16. Um, so he did what he needed to do. Uh, and then the sad part, Young Waku, six points, man. Six points. This is a man who hadn't scored under 10 since week seven. I needed him 15. You know, I thought against the Chargers, there are going to be points. It's going to be 31 to 24. He's going to have four extra points, maybe a couple of field goals. He'll definitely get there. So with six right away, it's just, uh, fuck Matty Ice, right, Sean? Fuck Matty Ice. All those picks really blew it for me. So yeah, uh, instead of talking about why Joel won, I talked about my team, but that's what you're going to get. This is the best fantasy football team I've had in a long time. Uh, There's been a lot of mediocrity uh, from me as a manager, and I really thought this was a team that could go deep and win me some money. So really really unhappy that I bowed out in the first round. Um, But congrats, Joel. You know, you deserved it. I can't be upset with my team. You, You come in. 142 points, that's going to be tough to beat. And uh, uh, you got a good shot against Dustin, but we'll get there. So that was the battle for Jamie Lynn. The Bladders move on. Ronas and Wildfires moves on. Todd's Clown Dentist versus Daniel Derns for the fifth and sixth spot uh, to end 2020. I'm not sure how Sleeper does it. I don't know if it'll be two weeks or if they will just... Look at this week and count the winner. I really don't know. Um, So we'll see uh, because I'm just going to go with whatever they do uh, and and we'll figure it out from there. Now on to the Carolyn. Womp, womp, womp. Where the two men... Two teams that I thought had no shot of coming away with such a despicable woman in their corner. Easily prevailed. Not even close. Um, like I mentioned in my post, I think Kevin just ran out of time. All ladders matter are firing on all cylinders. 156. Uh, he could have easily won a playoff matchup with that put together. Uh, I also put in my post that I... Can't imagine Derrick Henry scoring under 20 points the rest of the way. Uh, yeah, 41, motherfuckers. 215 yards car- yards on 26 carries. 
two touchdowns. That's all you really need to say. That's how all ladders mattered. One 41 points from him. Allen Robinson has been chef's kiss. Awesome. All year. Uh, if he, like Jeff mentioned on our most recent pod, gets on a team with a quarterback, he is going to be a top five wide out. Um, because if you're putting up 27 points with Mitchell Trubisky, I can't even imagine what you'll do with a real quarterback like Tua or, or someone like that. Because uh, here he comes. Meanwhile, the Washington football team the saddest story to come out of 2020. Eight and five. You know, he's been pretty quiet about it, Sean. I have to admit, I thought I would get a heartfelt post. Um, thought I would get maybe some Donald Trump uh, tweets, you know, like, got a recount. This is rigged. Eight and five. Can't even make the playoffs. We need to do something differently. But he just accepted it like a man. Uh, and he took care of business this week. You know, I thought there might be an opportunity for Jeff to sneak one by his heinous wars. You know, maybe maybe what the Washington football team has a little, uh, feels a little bad for heinous wars. Bows out early. You know, maybe they're a little put down by the fact that they finish 8-5 as a team, ready to fight for Jamie Lynn, don't even get an invitation. They didn't. They came up, they showed, and 144 gets it done uh, to be safe. All thanks to Jonathan Taylor, who is finally showing up. Where has this been? Sean, you have to be wondering that, right? Where has this been? 35 points. He's finally getting reps. He had 22 the week before. 16 uh, in week 11. He was out week 12 finally feels like they're trusting him 11 weeks into the season. Yeah, you know, maybe you know, the Colts, they're going to make the playoffs. Want to keep him fresh as a rookie, I guess. But, man, where was that in week 10 when he had five or week nine when he had nine or week eight when he had five? Usually coming out of the bye, the rookie gets more reps. That didn't happen. But it saved Sean. Saved the Washington football team. From having the dreaded Carolyn in their clubhouse. So Washington football team versus all ladders matter in that seven and eight slot. We'll see what happens there. So where does that leave us? That leaves us into the semifinals for Jamie Lynn's heart. What does that mean? It means it's time for got in the matchup that everyone has their eyes on. COVID is a ladder versus Veronas and wildfires. The cheap beer algorithm has this matchup 
virtually tied, 135 to 134. It's going to be a doozy. So let's break it down position by position, because at this point, that's all that matters. The trade block is gone. Good pickups are gone. All that matters are these next two weeks. So let's focus in on that. Kyler Murray versus Big Ben. Kyler going against Philly. Uh, sore shoulder. Ben going against Cincinnati. Hasn't looked great the last couple matchups. I think Big Ben usually owns Cincinnati, so even though Cincinnati, for the most part, is a pretty good defense, it wouldn't shock me to see Big Ben win this matchup. So we're going to give one side to Joel. Next up, Alvin Kamara, home against Kansas City, versus Aaron Jones, home against the Panthers. Panthers' defense has looked atrocious recently. Uh, so I would lean normally Aaron Jones, but I can't go against my man St. Alvin. Can't do it. Kansas City might get a big. New Orleans is going to need all the offense they can get. I know things haven't been great for Alvin with Taysom Hill in, but I think Alvin shows up, beats Aaron Jones. So that's one-to-one in terms of breakdown side-by-side. Next up, we have DeAndre Swift at Tennessee versus J.K. Dobbins home against Jacksonville. So some of you might think Jacksonville, easy, chalk it up. And Dobbins has improved. Uh, I will admit I was was a little surprised uh, that he put up 13 against me. He's put up double digits in his last three games. But the Tennessee run defense is just bad, bad, bad. DeAndre Swift is a bell cow. J.K. Dobbins has to deal with Lamar running, has to deal with Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards. I think that's an easy win for DeAndre Swift. So 2-1 to one to Dustin. Next up, we've got Scary Terry McLaurin home against Seattle versus Calvin Ridley home against Tampa Bay. Look, Seattle's pass defense is the worst in the league by a fair amount. But who's Washington's quarterback going to be? Is it Alex Smith? Is he going to be back? I don't know. I've done zero research for this pod. I have done zero um, research into what's happening in the football world because I don't know if you know this, but I'm out. So I don't care. Calvin Ridley, on the other hand, known quantity. Uh, he's a stud. Maybe Julio Jones doesn't play again. Maybe he does. Going up against Tampa Bay. Really got to give the edge to Calvin. So that's two to two. Next up, we've got Chris Godwin at Atlanta versus T.Y. Hilton. Home against Houston. Huh. I think this might be the hardest matchup for me. On the one hand, you have T.Y., who has come on like a fucking freight train the last three weeks. 18 points, 25 points, 27. Can he keep it going? 
Or is he old? Is he going to run out of steam? Three weeks of football is a lot. I'm a little hesitant there. Meanwhile, Chris Godwin, he was a stud last year. He led Tampa Bay in receiving. Great matchup against Minnesota. Minnesota's pass defense is not great. Four points. I just think Tampa spreads it around. Uh, So this is the one that I think could end up flipping. Whoever goes off well, Godwin or Hilton, I think probably wins this matchup. And right now I'm giving it to Joel. Three to two, Joel. I've got Waller the baller versus Travis Kelsey. Look, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the league. Bar none, by far, head and shoulders, and pecs, and biceps, and elbows, and waist above any other tight end. So even though Darren Waller is going against the Chargers defense, which is atrocious, and Kelsey is going against New Orleans at home, I'm going to give the edge to Kelsey because you can't bet against the man. So that's 4-2, to two, Joel. Next up, we've got Brandon Cooks at Indianapolis, or Deontay, the great Tayton Johnson at Cincinnati. And I got to go with my man. Look, Brandon Cooks, I thought was going to cook with uh, Fuller gone, but he's been okay. 13, oh, is that 12 points, 13 points, 11 points? Mm, you know, that's not a lot, that's not great. Uh, Deontay, after a quiet week, as long as he stays healthy, I think he goes off. So, what is that, five to two here now? Then we have Travis Bass, kicker, versus Ryan Suckup at Atlanta. Um, I'm just going to look here to see who's higher rated. Travis Bass is the number four kicker in the league, and Suckup is the number seven. So I'm going to go Bass. I'll give the edge to Dustin, five to three. And we have the Colts defense, home against Houston, Steelers defense at Cincinnati. So if you're paying attention, Joel is playing three Steelers this week on Monday Night Football. So poor Dustin, uh, and COVID is the latter, is going to have to uh, keep, he's going to have to get out to a big lead. You know, he's going to have to get out to that Donald Trump lead and hope that it doesn't slowly whittle away on Monday night football. Who knows? I think, I think someone in DC who's traveling up uh, to the Cape this week might be the biggest Bengals fan come Monday night. If he's still got a chance. Uh, and that I'm going to give to the Steelers because when your opposing quarterback is whoever Cincinnati is starting versus Deshaun Watson, rather have the the Steelers defense. So if we break it down like that, you know, I didn't go through point totals. I didn't show how much of a mismatch one versus the other is. I think that means Joel advances. However, not so fast, my friends, because I told you, This team, Rona's in wildfire since week three, reels off two wins and then loses. That's since week three. That's friggin' September he's been doing that. This is the third game. He won the final week against the Washington football team. They won in the quarters against Todd's Clown Dentists. 
you know, if he's going to keep the streak going, that means COVID as a ladder is moving on. For just looking at the matchup breakdown, I think it's got to be Ronas and Wildfires. Uh, I think the most one-sided uh, of, of these matchups is going to be Swift versus Dobbins. I think Swift is going to blow Dobbins out of the water. And I think the matchup that's going to determine the winner is Godwin versus Hilton. Uh, because both are such enigmas. If one goes off, I think that, that puts the puts the uh, action, the uh, original team over the edge. So that's one semifinal. The other one, it's the train, the bladders, going against Cookie Monsters. And Cookie Monsters is just decimated and devastated by injuries. Uh, so I would, I'm going to be honest, be really surprised um, if Cookie Monsters is in the finals. Uh, I think time has run out. I think if we had ended the season three weeks ago, four weeks ago, that would have been perfect for Cookie Monsters. He could have walked away. You know, we would have all got $25 back, and he would have walked away um, as, as the the champion. But here we are, and this team is barely holding it together. So if we go through the breakdown uh, right now, the cheap beer algorithm gives the bladders an 80% chance of advancing to the finals for the third straight year. Uh, at some point uh, in the offseason, we're going to have to talk about uh, manager Jose as one of the great managers. I know he got last one year after David Johnson did whatever he did in the first half of a game. But since then, whew, there hasn't been a team better than uh, the one managed by our own Jose. So looking at this breakdown, we've got Lamar Jackson home against Jacksonville against Justin Herbert at Vegas. The way Vegas's defense is playing, giving that edge to Herbert, easy, one nothing. Cookie Monsters. Next up, we've got Nick Chubb at the Giants versus Dalvin Cook home against Chicago. Got to give it to Cook. He, he was the best running back this year. I know the matchup favors Chubb, but I think once again, that gives a, a matchup over to Cookie Monsters. They're up 2 nothing. Now we have David Montgomery at Minnesota. Just oh. Raheem Mostert, I don't know where Justin was coming from. Raheem Mostert at Dallas. Dallas's run defense is terrible. David Montgomery has been on a tear. Got to give it to him, um, especially knowing that Mostert's last three games are 10 points, 5 points, 9 points. Not holding my breath on that one. Wide receiver one battle. Keenan Allen versus Keenan Allen at Las Vegas. So any point, you know, anytime Justin Herbert throws it, Keenan Allen could be getting some points, you know, offsetting points, which I think favors the favorite, which is the Platters. He'll be going up against T.Y. T.Y. Lockett. Oh, man. Falling apart, guys. Solo broadcast is hard. Tyler Lockett. Home. Nope. Away at Washington. Obviously, if you know me, I have zero faith in Tyler Lockett. Got to give it to Keenan. 
However, would not be shocked if, if Tyler goes off for 40 points either this week or next week as just a trying to remind people that he's good. Next up, we've got Justin Jefferson home against the Bears. Kenny Galladay at Tennessee. Could this be the week Kenny Galladay returns? He did not practice on Wednesday, so not looking likely since he hasn't played since week eight and the Lions are out. Uh, So I'm going to grade this one incomplete because uh, I have to admit I do not think Galladay plays. Next up, Dallas Godert versus Justin Reed. I'm not going to break that down. Who cares? Tight ends suck. They're stupid. If either of these guys breaks 10 points, that's a huge week. So, whatever. Flex breakdown. A.J. Brown, home against Detroit. Versus Tyler Boyd, home against Pittsburgh. I mean, Tyler Boyd with backup quarterback, that's brutal. Maybe Pittsburgh gets out to a big lead, and Cincinnati just has to throw it. But the Detroit secondary is just not good. Um And they should have enough offense to keep it from becoming a blowout. So I'm going to go A.J. Brown. So what does that get us to? That's three to two with one incomplete and one I don't give a fuck. Next up, you got Tucker against Jacksonville. And Jason Sanders, the best kicker in cheap beer, going up against the New England Patriots. Look, the common knowledge, the the layman fan, the Michael Bolton in the world. They would pick Tucker. They would say he's the best kicker in the league. Got to give him the edge. But Jason Sanders has been the best kicker this year. So I'm going to give him the edge, even though they're playing New England. And even though Justin Tucker is playing at Jacksonville, where I'm sure Baltimore will put up points. Ah, dang it. I've changed my mind. Got to give it to Tucker. It's just too many points likely, whereas New England, who knows, their defense might show up. Um, and, and stymie Tua. Then we have the Ravens defense against Jacksonville. And the Bears at Minnesota. <laughs> Gotta go Ravens. I mean, that Jags team was just oof, not great. So I think that ends five to two with one incomplete and one I don't give a fuck. Giving the edge to the bladders. It's not 80%, but it's pretty likely. Can Cookie Monsters pull an upset? Or will the bladders make it to the championship one more time? And now on to the toilet bowl. The battle to avoid Carolyn. How can you save a life from Carolyn? In this battle, we have a matchup of former roommates, which when I saw, I have to admit, I was a little confused and like, oh, that probably isn't right, but it's happening. The Shy Ladders versus World of Wario. 50-50% 50-50% chance um, on both sides. It's going to be a doozy. 
and I can't wait. I can't wait. And I'm so excited that one of them has to go into the finals uh, to avoid Carolyn. Look, I really hope you win, Shy Ladders. Really do. Really do. I really want to watch Mike suffer. Uh, let's breeze through this. I went a little long on the breakdown of the finalists, but what what else is there to do? So Tom Brady versus Russell Wilson, got to go Russ. Todd Gurley versus Chris Carson, got to go Carson. I mean, playing Washington's defense is tough, but got to do it both ways there. And we have McKissick versus CEH. Um, CEH has actually... Scored 14 points last week. I didn't remember that. Got 21 touches. Uh, so he's actually better than I had thought. I was getting ready to just give it to McKissick. Um, I think it really depends if Gibson is out again uh, with that turf toe. So um, not necessarily going to pick here. Um, but... If I'm going to have a lean, it's going to be McKissick. Seattle's defense is horrendous. CEH against New Orleans. I think New Orleans could stymie him. Next up, we have Michael Thomas against DeAndre Hopkins. Man, I don't know. Thomas has been pretty decent. He hasn't hasn't gone over 20 points. Um, So... I think there's an opportunity, especially against Kansas City, who is going to be blowing, or, you know, it's going to be scoring. Hopkins finally got back in over 20 for the first time since week 10. I think Hopkins is the safe choice there. So three to nothing right now in terms of matchups. Next, we've got Diggs versus Smith-Schuster. Diggs, easy. Don't even need to break that down. He's definitely going to do better than Smith-Schuster. Then Evan Ingram versus Eric Ebron. Oh, my God. What's sad is this is a good tight end matchup, if you think about it. These are pretty decent tight ends, and I just don't care at all. Evan Ingram has combined 10 points in his last two outings. That sounds about right. Eric Ebron, eh, he's actually you know double digits three of his last four, giving it to Ebron. Flex Julio Jones versus Hunter Renfro. All right, well, there you go. And then Crosby versus Carlson. Gus Carlson. Rams D against the Jets versus Cardinals against Philly. Definitely the Rams D against the Jets. So that's the thing. You know, quick breakdown. I think Mike is leading in the head-to-head 4-3 to or something like that. 5-4. to But... The matchups that that Shy Ladders wins are going to be blowouts. The Rams D is going to be way better than the Cardinals D. Julio Jones is going to put up way more points than Hunter Renfro. Stefan Diggs is going to put up more points than Smith Schuster. It's just like all of these matchups um, are going to be blowouts. The only blowout that Mike has, or excuse me, that the World of Wario has, is Chris Carson against Todd Gurley. I mean, poof, talk about a slaughter fest. Gurley is trash. So, at the end of the day, what I think this comes down to is if Todd Gurley can break 10 points, Shy Ladders are looking good. Antonio Gibson sits, Shy Ladders are looking good. 
CEH can break 15. World of Wario is looking good. And if Smith-Schuster can show up, uh, I think he also could be a deciding factor. Is he scoring 17 points or is he scoring 8? That's going to be a big big one to watch. A um, lot, lot of uh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> a lot of people on Pittsburgh. So um, that's going to be a game to watch um, in, in both uh, both brackets uh, in this particular Seattle Washington game, we've got JD McKissick and and Mike has both Seattle guys um, and two Steelers. So the Shy Ladders once again will also like uh, Mr. Sylvia at COVID as a ladder be watching and rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football. The other matchup, uh, my my potting partner Heinous Wars. Up against Coitus Martin. The algorithm has Coitus 58% shot of winning. Let's do a quick breakdown here. Patty Mahomes versus Kirk Cousins. Not even close. That's that's one for Heinous Wars. Melvin Gordon versus Kenyon Drake. Oh, God. That's just gross. That is just gross. Kenyon Drake, though, over 10 points the last five weeks. Got to give it to Drake. Cam Akers, coming on, son. Coming on um, against Austin Eckler. I think that's going to be closer than than our algorithm is giving credit for. Uh, let's see. Although, to be fair, Eckler put up 23-10 and 23. Oh, man. This is this running back duo is finally looking tight there, Mr. Uh, Mr. Coitus. I think I'm going to have to give it to Eckler. So that's 2-1. to one. We have Evans versus Antonio Brown. That's definitely Evans. Antonio Brown is garbage. Brandon Ayuk versus Cooper Cup. Uh, I know Ayuk has been dominating. Yep, that's uh, 23 points, 19 points, 20 points, 21 points in his last four games. Cooper Cup has not. Uh, He did catch a late touchdown to get over the mark, um, but... Hasn't seen a ton of targets. I'm going to give the edge to Ayuk, uh, making it 3-2 to two in favor of Heinous Wars. Then we have Dalton Schultz against Mark Andrews. Got to give it to Andrews. It's 3-3. Three to three. Flex Kareem Hunt versus Christian Kirk. Uh, I mean, Hunt hasn't done much lately. Uh, I feel like he's kind of uh, dropped off since Chubb has gotten back. But he did put up 29 last week. So maybe uh, there's an opportunity there. And then Christian Kirk, I think, has just been a disappointment. Uh, yeah, he has not scored double digits since week nine. So got to go Kareem Hunt there. Kareem Hunt. Kareem. Kareem Hunt. And then kickers, we've got Matt Prater versus Spec. Rex Specs. Blankenship, got to go the Rex Specs. Defenses, we got the Packers against Panthers and Raiders against the Chargers. Why are you starting the Raiders defense? Oh, no thank you. Going with the Pack on that one, um, which ultimately, I believe, gives Heinous Wars a win here for breaking it down like that. One, two, three, four, five to four. Five to four. So, uh... My upset prediction, you're hearing it on the pod. Heinous Wars comes through, 
even after getting smoked in the running back department. At the end of the day, I think it's going to come down. Can Cam Akers keep it up? If he's posting 20 again, Hannah Wars has a shot. If he's back down into the 10s, I think it's over. Uh, on the flip side, I mean, if Antonio Brown shows up at all, or Christian Kirk, um, I think that's a good shot for Coitus. I have to admit, I don't think either of them get double digits, which is why I give the edge to Hannah Wars to be safe. Once again, avoid Carolyn um, and continue to fly under the radar as a not great manager, but one who has never gotten last. And he has gotten first, so don't forget it. Uh, that is the breakdown of our matchups coming into this week. So if you've paid attention, my bet is we will have... Oh man, I still can't decide on Dustin or on COVID is ladder versus Rona's and wildfires. I gave the edge to Rona's, but the idea of him winning two and losing one, just, I feel like trends are there for a reason, um, which is why I'm going to, I'm going to say that I think COVID is ladder wins and we'll be going up against the bladders in the championship. Meanwhile, the battle to avoid Carolyn, I think, uh, I think I have Coitus Martin losing uh, to go into that battle. Oh, man. I can't decide. I'm going to say World of Wario losing because I really want it to happen. I really want it to happen. I'm, I really want uh, Mike to feel the pain that I felt last year. Um, and Tim, you know, the Shy Ladders just, you know, they're around. They're always mediocre. They make the playoffs. They always lose in the first round. They're just nice guys. How can you root against them? And it's time Wario got his come, comeuppance, you know? So I think it's going to be World of Wario versus Coitus Martin to avoid the Carolyn monstrosity. So we're at 45 minutes of raw, unfiltered audio with brief interludes from my iTunes. I honestly have just been Googling or Googling, searching songs in here to play that I haven't heard in years. Um... But before we go, uh, I realized, A, I never did State of the Pod. Uh, so I probably should do that. Uh, and B, let's say some goodbyes because we will not be talking about four teams anymore. Um, they're done for the year except for, you know, choice of um, Super Smash character next year. Uh, so looking at those teams uh, and potential keepers, I have to admit, I, I think Todd's Clown Dentists are going to destroy Staniel Derns and um, get fifth place. I'm telling you right now, barring anything crazy in the offseason, Jaguar James will be on Todd's Clown Dentists as my eighth pick. He will be my eighth pick next year. I uh, really think that's going to happen. Um, but you never know. I'm really sad that I'm going to be losing out on the big cheese. Uh, here's to you, man. You were great. Um, I'm really glad I got to have you on the one year that you were able to to stay healthy uh, because it was a fun, fun time. Um, looking at Staniel Derns, we'll have to figure out sort of what spot he is thinking about, um, and I'm happy to expand. So 
knowing Dan, I think he could do one of two things. He could either keep Tyreek Hill as his first round pick, which if we're doing what I think Joel and Kevin want, I can't remember if this is what they said, but wanting to just determine our sleep, our keepers ahead of super smashing for drafting. Uh, I don't think makes sense. If we decide to do smashing and drafting first, and then people can pick keepers. I think, you know, if you're end of the first round, keeping Tyreek Hill as your first round pick could make sense. Could also see him uh, keeping Amari Cooper back back. Uh, Amari still, you know, put up decent amount of points, even with Andy Dalton behind center. It's not a bad third round pick. Uh, Amari Cooper in the third round isn't terrible. I also would not be shocked if he kept Rob Gronkowski as his fourth rounder. I think that's a little high, but we know how Dan feels about Mr. Gronk. Um, and if you wanted to get a little crazy, Mike Gusecki in the 14th round, keeping him in the eighth round. Uh, that wouldn't be bad. You know, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry went in the eighth round, Hayden Hurst. Darren Waller went in the seventh, so it's a little early for a tight end. But it's food for thought. Uh, those are the, the guys that kind of stood out to me. Um, maybe Jamison Crowder in the eighth round could be a, a good pickup there, depending on if he's at the on the Jets still or if they got Trevor Lawrence, which definitely looks like it's going to happen. So that's my speculation on where Staniel Derns, what he'll do uh, with the keeper slot. Or he might just start fresh. I could also see him being a, a guy that just wants a new team, new year, um, and, and go from there. For old Washington football team, uh, Jonathan Taylor in the second maybe, but I, I really I don't know how you can look at your team and not keep DK Metcalf in the third. Um it's not great value, but DK was a top 10 wide receiver. You're getting him in the third round. Let's see, we looking at the draft board. We've got eight wide receivers going in the first two rounds, so you get him in the third. Um, it's not bad. It's not a bad spot to start. Um, I, could, I could see that being a, a nice little pickup, especially knowing how great DK was. Um, for the Washington football team. Um, looking at the rest of his team. Yeah, I think that's got to be it uh, or nothing. Uh, for all ladders matter. You could do Le'Veon Bell in the second. Oh, oh, you want a good pick. Just kidding. Got it, got it. Um, jokes aside, maybe Allen Robinson in the third. Now, if he's on a new team, which it sounds like he might, that, that could be a pretty nice pick. Uh, Robbie Anderson in the eighth, you know, that could also be really nice. It'll be interesting to see if that keeps going. Or Chase Claypool in the eighth. I think that's a pretty late pick, right? Let's see. I tried to find it on the draft board, but saying he's, he got drafted, but I can't see where. So I'm going to assume it was late um, and say that he'll probably be an eighth pick, but might be wrong there. 
so yeah there's definitely some opportunity for um, all ladders matter to keep a very good wide receiver um, so he could do that he's got a lot of options um, so wouldn't be shocked if it was Robbie Anderson in the eighth or Claypool in the eighth um, because I think both of those are pretty good pickups um, or if you wanted to go more safe because you never know you know year over year what could happen getting Allen Robinson um, in the in the third pretty good value uh, for potentially a top top five wide receiver and those are the four teams that will no longer be discussed you've heard my speculation maybe next week if uh, I'm joined by my my colleagues uh, we can dive into keepers a little bit more um, but right now that's where we land and then before I sign off you know I flipped it around on you because we're coming from the underground you know I'm recording this on my phone alone no editing I did this raw I don't know how many times I can say that because my, my throat is feeling it. Um, non-stop talking for an hour, it really will get to you. Um, but no mistakes by me. I'm going to be honest, it's pretty fucking impressive. You're lucky that I did radio and can just keep a stream of conscious thought going um, because I'm the bomb. Uh, so, state of the pod. Where are we at? Uh, so, we're at 238 downloads uh, as of viewing this um, as I'm recording so that is up from dun, 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 213 so we were up 28 pod over pod uh, when we last recorded we are now up 25 pod over pod uh, so very happy about that. Um, a little confused because the Adventures of Horsecock Jackoff episode only has 12 downloads. Uh, so, not really sure how we ended up with that many more uh, views or listens, but we did. Uh, so, very happy about that. You now we're continuing our outreach. Um, Still no listenership from uh, the, the EU, so a little disappointed there. Ho, 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 baby. And looking at our geography stats, we've got a listener from Mississippi. Ole Miss Rebels, baby. Yeah, Mississippi is coming for us. So get down. Nope, the bayou is Louisiana. Um, whatever's in Mississippi. Uh, go have it because add them to the state list. I think we're getting close to 20, 20 states. We're almost halfway uh, to getting half of the union to listen to us. It's huge. It's huge, folks. State of the pod is great. Would be nice to have co-hosts. Um, but it was also nice to just try to do this off the dome. I made, I did not make an outline. Just wanted to give you my thoughts uh, because it's the end of the year. Next week, uh, might be the second to last pod we do. We might do a wrap-up pod, but that could be it. Uh, you won't hear from me for a while. Um, so I, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you uh, have a happy holidays. Uh, and remember, when you're home with your parents and they're using ladders, to remind them to 
clean every rung when they're done because you can't have a dirty ladder in your house. Uh, otherwise, it's a travesty. So keep that in mind. I'm out.